Hello, CFI sweethearts. It's another weekend, actually very beautiful weekend. Uh, it happened that I'm in Northern Ireland, Water Serendipity, and I am here for a work training. And I happened to meet some amazing participants and we became a little bit of acquaintance to each other. And, you know, and guess what? Today I have a very beautiful two guests. I have one American boy and one American girl. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And then we'll kick off our conversation for today. My name is Maximiliana. I'm your host as usual. Without further ado, let my guests introduce themselves. Hi, CFY sweethearts. Um, my name is Emma. Um, I happen to be here at the training because I'm a volunteer at Corimila, which is where the training is being held. Um, and Corimila is a peace and reconciliation organization in Northern Ireland. Um, I had the opportunity to do this training after I facilitated um, a group on my own for the first time and one of my bosses wanted me to do this training um, for like professional development and so because it was happening at Corimila, I was able to do it. I have been here since January and a lot of my work is around facilitation, planning, um, and designing programs for groups from all over the place. Um, and I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about, not only about Corimila, but about my passion for swimming and uh, the ocean and what it means to me and what it's um, started to mean to me since I came here in January. Thank you so much, Emma. That's such a wonderful introduction. And I cannot wait to hear about the ocean because the ocean has a lot. It has waves, it has like wind, it has all sort of, you know, movement. And I can't wait to hear about that. And also you are passionate about swimming. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also in because I can't wait to hear about, because it can be very intense, very dangerous, but a very beautiful experience. Uh, I like uh, running myself, so I hope I'll be able to, at this moment, to share about how um, I've developed a passion for running, and I hope our listeners are going to enjoy. Um, on my right side, here goes American uh, boy. <laughs> hi, uh, my name is Ian Scott, and right now I'm a university student in America, in Minnesota. Um, and right now I'm on a grant given out by my college um, to travel around Northern Ireland looking at youth reconciliation initiatives. So this is how I met Maximiliana and Emma. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to share what um, I've prepared for today and just excited to be in this space. Thank you very much. Um, Ian, such a beautiful name, by the way. Um, so if you don't mind, Ian, we've been learning a lot for the past three days. And um, as a recollection or as the harvest um, of the things that we been learning you were able to create a poem i, I can I, I can assure my listener that the poem was very beautiful so um so i hope that you are able to share it with our cfi sweethearts and then uh so they will be able to talk about it or comment or share their thoughts about the poem and yeah i hope they are gonna like it Awesome. Yeah, so I think the way that I'm going to structure this is I'm going to preface it about like my writing process and 
how I came to this poem, um, and then I'll kind of unpack it very briefly um, and look at some of the motifs, um, metaphors, and what I was trying to do with the poem. So first off, the form of this poem is a pantoum, which is a Malaysian style of poetry. Um, and basically what you do is you take eight lines of a poem and then you repeat it for a second time. But the second time around, you repeat it in a different way. So. Um, there's a sort of cyclical nature to this, um, the syntax of this poem, and I really, I selected it because I'm talking about waves, um, and I thought that it was cool to talk about waves content-wise, but then also mirror it in the way that I'm constructing my sentences um, and prose. Some of the colors that came to my mind when I was writing this poem um, was blue, green, a little bit of red, and this purple that comes through at the end. And uh, a little background on where I come from. I, as a young kid, I was obsessed with surfing. Like I was so, so into it. Um, and uh, there's this thing called the blue room um, in surfing. It's where um, you're, the wave has crashed and you're in the center of the tube of the wave. And the wave is crashing behind you. So there's a little bit of danger um, in the wave, but it's like what everyone searches for when they're surfing. And you have to have a big enough wave to do this with. But yeah, I was kind of investigating like what that experience was for me to be in the blue room and then trying to link it to this model called the two loops model um, that we are learning about in our training. So here it goes. The blue room. As a child, I dreamed of the blue room, an embrace of immense power. There's a danger without fear. There's a grief without despair. An embrace of immense power between the heart of two rocks there is a grief without despair, and I know there are waves before me and after me. Between the heart of two rocks, I'm below the tipping point surrendered, and I know there are waves before me and after me. I can touch water both rising and falling. I'm below the tipping point surrendered. There's a danger without fear. I can touch water both rising and falling. As a child, I dreamed of the blue room. So yeah, there's a couple of themes that I really enjoyed. I'm pretty satisfied with this piece. Um, it kind of, I call these found poems where like, they just kind of fall out of me. Like I sit down, write it for 20 minutes and then just is there and I don't really have to edit it at all. I really like them. Um, but uh, so I'm obviously referencing the blue room. I always think of a wave in this way as an embrace. So like the wave is totally encircling you, but there's a certain power in the wave that I have to have respect for. A danger without fear. Um, this is a, the wave crashing. Like I don't want to be crashed with the wave. So I still need to be going forward, but I, I'm not like shaking. Um, and that's not what's on my mind, but I just know that I must keep on moving forward. I really like this. Um, phrase between the heart of two rocks. And this kind of touches on what a wave is. It's between the uh, gravitational pull of the moon and the earth. And it's kind of that interplay, but also like asking the question, can a rock have a heart? Like what, what does that do? I'm below the tipping point surrendered. This is like the act of having the water come over my head and just fully surrendering to that wave. I can touch water both rising and falling. There's gonna be rising on my right and falling on my left. Um, and there's this act of bridging um, where I can touch both. Um, and this kind of comes back to the model of thinking about systems of like, I'm trying to bridge between a system that's dying and a system that is forming. Um, 
So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it, um, and I'll ha hand it back to Maximiliana. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much, Ian. Oh, my God. When I was listening to it, I was like, what a creative rock. You know, I, I have to start calling you those metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to start calling you those metaphoric um, words and relating to ocean. Like, because I was, when you were reading the poem, I was also like moving, you know, with uh, the rhythm of waves. And, you know, I could even imagine the iceberg in the ocean somehow, the bridge you are talking about. And uh, so I found it very creative. And for me, my highlight was when you said, there is waves before me and waves after me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I can relate. I think I'm there. I'm, I'm in a point of my life where I, f I see the waves before me and after me. So the only way I have is like to survive. So I'm in the survival mode right now. So I'm trying to go away from being a victim of this mm -hmm. and that and this and that. So I'm trying to set myself in the survival mode so that, you know, life can go on. So thank you so much for the beautiful poem. And I could relate with it a lot. I hope that my, uh, our listeners, CFI sweethearts, are also going to enjoy the poem. So after that... <laughs> To the American girl, I hope that I'm going to also get a metaphoric names to call you <laughs> after you explain to us your, your, your passion to swimming. Because I remember on our first night here uh, at Coramila, I was in the morning walk. And so we, when we just approached the ocean, I was like, is that a person swimming? <laughs> yeah. Was that you? <laughs> It was Emma. Oh I was like, gosh. what is this girl doing in the ocean? And it was very early and it was breezing, to be honest. It was very windy in the ocean, a little bit cold. Um, so I, I wasn't sure if it was her, but I just had to ask her after we, we came out of the ocean. I was like, was it you? <laughs> and then, yeah, so that's why I became interested with, uh, on her passion to swimming and sports in general. So, Emma, uh, if you can let our, our CFI sweethearts know your story about your passion in swimming. Yeah, I guess I'm going to start not at the beginning, but in the beginning, not at the beginning of my swimming journey when I was a kid, but I think when I was, when I first came here, uh, which was January, or when I first took a dip in the ocean, which was January 7th of this year and I'll never forget it because um, two of the other volunteers uh, well one of the other volunteers was a big swimmer and just said you know what come on down with us um, it's freezing it's January but let's see what happens um, so I went down the waves were enormous crashing I was in my competitive like practice suit everyone else was decked out in wetsuits and gloves and boots um i felt very out of my element i had just arrived in this like cold place where the buildings were not heated and i was like what is going on so i had this experience when i first went in the ocean of just utter shock and coldness but a feeling of being called to what i was doing and being in the ocean and it was 
unlike anything I had experienced for a while. So that stood, that experience with swimming and being in the ocean stood in such contrast and was so vivid for me because up until then, I would describe my relationship with swimming and the water as pretty fractured and pretty, pretty tough relationship. So going back to, I don't know, when I was about five or six, when I started competitive swimming, it quickly became kind of all consuming um, and very quickly just had to give up a lot of things in my life because that's what my coaches told me I needed to do um, in order to kind of pursue swimming at a higher level Um, and so eventually kind of worked my way through competitive swimming up until when I graduated from college and after I finished uh, last year and I was a swammer and a Um, what do you call it, Uh, retired swimmer, retired competitive swimmer, Um, I not only felt kind of lost, but also felt very disheartened with the sport because I had always associated water and the ocean and kind of that, yeah, the feeling of being in the water as playful and fun and enjoyable and all of that felt like it had just completely disappeared without me even really realizing it. And so I think that first time in the ocean in January, it reignited something in me. I don't even know if I really knew it at the time that it was like this kind of inner child was like calling back to me and saying, this is where the joy in swimming and is. Um, But yeah, I had from that moment on, even though I only lasted about, I think, think 30 seconds or a minute before I had to run out, um, I knew that this was something, uh, the cold water swimming was something that I wanted to continue because I just felt like there was some sort of joy that was coming back to me um, in a way that I think I hadn't realized was missing in a way, and, and, and also in a way that I then realized that I missed. So I guess to bring it to more like less theoretical and um, kind of more um, practical terms. Yes, ocean swimming here has been a huge part of my time as a volunteer. Um, So I live um, on the site of Corimula in the volunteer building, but the ocean is about a 15 minute walk, uh, 15 to 30 minute walk, depending on where you want to go on the Ballycastle beach. And so either I will go at a kind of closer area about 15 minutes away or if I want to go with the swim group in the morning at 8 30 uh, the ballet castle swimmers uh, they meet a little bit farther down the beach closer to town and they always go at 8 30 um, and one thing I will say also that has come from being part of that ballet castle swimmers group is that I am definitely the minority in terms of my age. Um, most of the members are about at least 50 plus. I think I, I'm definitely the youngest. Me and Louisa, the other volunteer, are the youngest, but by far. And I think a lot of special moments have arisen out of those morning swims with those older people because it's also shown me um, that swimming and exercise and movement are not just a way to um, like be competitive and prove that you're the best, but it's a way to keep your body healthy 
and um, find joy in movement and exercise so that you can continue doing things like swimming or running or even just walking for your entire life. Because for me, movement and exercise has been a huge part of my life, um, not only competitively, but also just with family members um, and my extended family. So the Ballet Castle Swimmers has really given me that perspective of the importance of just slowing down sometimes and enjoying joyful movement and just exercising in a way that doesn't always have to be um, competitive. But to answer your question, I do have a wetsuit. I have started to not have to wear it as much because it's gotten warmer as... How warm is it in the actual water? So when I started out, it was about seven or eight degrees Celsius, which I think is about 41 to 43, I think. Um, so that was in January to March. Now it's up to, I think, 13 or 14 degrees Celsius. Um, so when I swim, I will, if I'm going for a longer swim, I'll use my wetsuit, I'll use my, look, this big cap that goes all around my um, head and my neck. I'll use my gloves and I'll use my booties. Um, so that's if I want to go for a longer time. But like when uh, these guys saw me, <laughs> the psycho getting out of the water, sometimes um, because it's been warmer recently after I go on a run, it's so, I've noticed it's so helpful for my muscles and I feel amazing afterwards if I go into the water um, because the cold water, not only do I love the feeling of just being in the water and the cold water immersion but it really just makes my um, muscles feel and my whole body feel really amazing after runs so that was the reason behind why I was not wearing a wetsuit um, the other day or Friday and today um, but yeah that is my snippet of a journey with swimming yeah Thank you very much, Emma. I, I'm short of words, and um, you explained it in detail in such a way that I'm, I'm lacking some follow-up questions. And uh, <laughs> I can only insert some of the few things. For um, number one, I can give you your name. <laughs> I think I'm gonna, because you can call me mer the mermaid. Yes, exactly. That's what I said. You are Emma Mermaid <laughs> because you it seems to me like it's very strange that you started swimming at the age of I mean almost zero because five you started competing. My mom did throw me in a pool when I was about ten months old. <laughs> <laughs> you see. <laughs> Ten months old. Do you know how how old I I started swimming? I think I was um 21 years old. Mm -hmm. I think when I was at the college, my first year of university, mm -hmm. there was a big swimming pool at the University of Dar es Salaam. So I was like, let me buy a swimming costume. So one thing that you touched me a lot when we were speaking is you were speaking about joyful movement. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I was so jealous, to be honest, that you are able to now swim to get that joy. Um, but for me, as I explained before, that um, nowadays I've challenged myself to run at least five to 10 kilometers a day. I've been doing that for the past uh, almost two months now. It has been very helpful. I feel good about myself, about my purpose. And if I don't do that, I don't feel like my days have been so very good. So um, it has been good experience, but I can't call them joyful movement because... <laughs> 
for me that commitment comes from the fact that I just want to keep myself fit. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't necessarily enjoy when I run. Mm-hmm. I just run to finish it. I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like every time I go out of my bed to go for a run whether it's evening or in the morning I'm just like I just want to come back and mm-hmm. be in a shower or be in a bathtub. That has always been something that I look forward to. To just come back and have a shower, you know. So it's not necessarily joyful for me. Even though I can agree that sometimes when I'm running and I'm listening to a podcast or a music, mm-hmm. or if I'm not listening to anything, the fact that I can connect with my own mind and brain and think about my own things and my own life, I find I find it very helpful and very monumental to just be in thinking about myself and listening to my body. Sometimes it's good. Um, so yeah, and another thing that I drew from you, um, from what you are trying to explain, is that you, while you are swimming, you try to listen to your inner child and you know inner call, which is very good because a lot of us ignore our inner callings because of several reasons. We ignore a lot of things like our instinct. We no longer follow any of that. So if the swimming gives you that, I, I found it very interesting. And also you said about what? You talked about relationship with water. And to me, you being able to explain about relationship with water and the ocean and nature is is very foreign to me because um, for me, I always think about uh, relationship with people, between people. I don't necessarily think or connect directly with the relationship with nature, even though I know it's a good thing and people have been saying that it's a good, it's good to go out in the nature, it's good to enjoy, you know, the rhythm outside and the movement of nature and just like you know immerse yourself into nature i try to do that now and it, it, it's beautiful experience but it, it has been foreign i, I never noticed any I, I used to not notice anything like mm-hmm. you know i know the ocean is there <laughs> i know the trees are there and the birds are <laughs> busy uh flying mm-hmm. i'm very consumed with people like as human but not necessarily with nature even though i'm trying to change my perspective because i have seen advantage of having that relationship with nature right now so yeah so thank you so much for sharing ian your poem and thank you so much for sharing your experience with water and the ocean so i think we can close up our conversation so Ian, if you have something just very little, tiny sentence to finish up or to close up. I think one thing that the traveling has made me think about is this phrase that my friend gave me. Um, and it's, we shed as we pick up. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. How about you, Emma? You have some finishing sentence to close up? Listen to your intuition and not just your head and... Um, listen to that inner child because they're what they're telling you is more valuable than you probably realize thank you so much i quite agree i from now on i have to just open my heart and my body and my soul to listen (laughs) to listen to my inner child and to follow my instinct and my intuitions Thank you so much for all the listeners who are going to listen to this podcast. You are really appreciated. And please, if you are listening without subscribing, I don't know what to call you. Yeah. <laughs> not sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will stop calling you sweetheart if you are not subscribing. So please subscribe. And you can also follow us on Instagram. We are CFI Official Podcast. Also on um, YouTube. It's the same name. CFY Official Podcast. 
Ciao. Ciao. Thank you. Bye, bye. Bye, sweetheart. Bye, sweetheart.